0: You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard podcast. We'd love for you to join us to discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us. Head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.
1: Well, good morning. Today, I want to start a new series called Rise Up. I'm basing uh, the thinking on a phrase that we used in the vision talk called Rise Up. If you missed that talk, can I encourage you to, to go back and watch it? I think it's important for us. But we said it's time for us to rise up individually and collectively for us to be all that god has called us to be for us to step into the fullness of all that he has for us there's so much for us ahead as a church if we will rise up and take our place and in that particular talk we just listed three things on top of everything else that we believe the lord has for us in the coming days firstly we hope to spend more time building for the future and investing in vineyard kids secondly we said we believe that the lord is asking us to step out locally and globally. Places that we've formed some links and partnerships with and we want to see increased ways in which we can serve them. And then thirdly and finally that as we've sought to form the living room for the church in the city, uh, the living room for the church in the city, now we need to form it in the church as well. We want to invest in building community and relationships and we intend to plant more small groups and to facilitate more people being able to join us. To spread the reach of those groups, to some specific places and parts of the city and we we name some locations that we're dreaming of and believing for, for for God to to see that come into a reality and and we're longing for those things and dreaming of them and hope you are alongside us too. But for us to be that, for us to see that, for that to become all that we're hoping for, we need to rise up. Let me just frame this series in this way and with this story. You know, when I was younger, before I joined the fire service, whilst I was still applying to get into it, I used to work at a local supermarket. And regardless of the department that I worked on, a number of my mates that I used to get on really well with all worked on the security department. And three of them, particularly, that I got on really well with, we all worked on Saturdays. Let me just give you an overview of them. One of them was the guy that worked the CCTV cameras. One of them was the guy that walked around the store undercover, And one of them was the guy that stood on the the front door and was almost like the last line of defense if somebody was trying to steal something. And I got on so well with them. I loved it. It, All of that was nothing to do with the job that I was employed to do. But for me, that's where the action and the drama was. And of course I loved it, so I was never that far away from it. So this one particular Saturday, I just knew something was going down, you know? There was this repeat offender in the store who was borrowing some stuff from, from the store. And it just so happens, as he walked out of the store, I was also walking out of the store now let me just tell you a bit more detail about the three guys that i got on so well with the guy on the cameras was an older guy like much older he wasn't a runner and the undercover guy was also he just wasn't a runner i'll spare you the description of him but that just wasn't going to be his thing and then the guy on the door my mate robert He wasn't a runner either. He could be, but I just don't think he he wanted to. Um, It wasn't his thing. So I guess what I'm saying is out of the four of us, it was kind of down to me. And in those days, I was actually still fast. So as this guy walks out of the store with multiple borrowed things in his backpack, Robert shouts to him like, "Oi!" as he's walking out the door with the stuff. And as he does, this guy legs it and Robert shouts to me. It was almost like the moment of like a horse just been set out and released out of the blocks He's like go get him and uh, man alive the guy I was chasing was fast It was initially like in the car park is he's weaving his way in and out of the cars and then we're into this back field and we're vaulting fences and then down a the main road through traffic I can still see the route now and we've covered enough ground now that I was out of range of the radio that they always gave me and uh, we're down some back street and um, as I've run down this back street, there's a painter and decorator up his ladder and I'm shouting at him to, to help me and get involved and give chase. And then eventually this guy a long way away from the store, a couple of miles or so, he runs down this random person's drive and it's a dead end and I've got him cornered and he goes to vault the back fence in this person's garden and I make a dive at him and I grab his legs and I rip him to the ground and uh, he comes back over the fence with me holding on to his legs and he stands up and he turns around looking at me kind of just clinging to his legs and he's and he says yeah and I look at him and I realize he's twice the size of me and he's the kind of guy that could really just put me into next week and I'm thinking like what do I do now Well, what what am I going to do now? So I've got no radio contact. I don't actually know where I am. And in in an area that I've not been to before, this is like the early days of mobile phones. So the brick that I own, I haven't even got with me. And the painter and decorator that I tried to enlist the help of is now nowhere to be seen. And I'm stood just clinging to this Goliath's legs. And I said to him, well, you'll come in with me. And he looked at me and he said, you reckon? And um, now to this day, I'm not too sure why or how, but eventually he did. And I managed to get him back into a more public area and some other people thankfully have helped me. But, but I want to talk about, I want to base a series around the concept and the idea of rising up for us to step into all that God has for us, for us to be this, to do this, sometimes actually it takes more than just a willingness. You know sometimes that is important that we're just willing and we're ready and we're up for it and we don't have all the tools, we're not fully equipped, we're not fully prepared and we're just willing. Willingness is part of it, but on top of that, there's some stuff that we do well to be, to do, and to think through. We want to be ready and equipped, and that's what I'm hoping to draw out of this series. That's where I'm hoping to go today, because otherwise, we'll end up where I did when I chased that guy. We'd be willing, and we'd be up for the chase and the pursuit, but not having the equipping and the resources in the way that I believe we need to have to allow us to then be all that we could be in the days ahead and for all that's coming for us. So ultimately, I'd say as a movement, the vineyard movement, we're an equipping movement. We want to equip, empower, and release you to rise up. And if ever there was a time for us to reflect on something like this, surely this is the moment and the time. Does that that make a bit of sense? If not, don't worry, I kind of enjoyed sharing the story, but hopefully that helped. But I want to frame this around Psalm 103, and particularly verses 1 and 5. Let me me just read it to you. It says this, Psalm 103, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives my sins and heals my diseases. He redeems me from death and he crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle's. The the benefits of trusting God that we see in this passage, I believe correspond to the stages God often uses to build into us a healthy spiritual followers of God. Using the the language that I'm using today, I'd say there's some of the attributes that help us to rise up. Let's just look at five things really briefly this morning. Firstly, God pardons, then God heals. God redeems, God crowns, and God satisfies. And as we grab hold of each, as we grasp each, it allows us to step into all that he has for us. So the first one, God pardons. Verse three says, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. For you to rise up, I believe that you need to know that. How many of you feel restricted by your past, your shame, or a sense of blame? What, what is it that you've done, that you've said, that you've thought, that you've been part of, that, that is hanging on to you and you have hanging on to you, that you would say and feel holds you back, whether you're aware of it or not, there will be many things, is the constant reminder of why you can't be. The constant reminder of why maybe you would think God can't use you. You know, the enemy is the accuser. He's the father of lies and he's going to do all that he can to try and keep you bound in and every way that he possibly can to some of that. You'll have dreams, you'll have flashbacks, you'll have cold sweats, you'll have lived out circumstances whatever it might be, all of which remind you and point you to your past and to shame and to blame. For you to rise up and step into all that God has for you, step one is knowing that God pardons you. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. And when we realise that, when we understand that, when I fall before him and ask for that and seek that, Verse 1 and verse 2, I believe, are a natural overflow of our heart's response to him. It says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. God pardons God pardons and I pray that you would be able to receive that truth today. The second thing is God heals. To rise up, we must become more healthy and be liberated from old wounds. They're often the things that hold us back. Sometimes we don't even realize them, but there'll be stuff in our past, stuff in our life, that unless we get healed up, holds us back. Because hurt people hurt people, healed people free people. If I'm hurting, that hurt is gonna impact me and it's gonna hold me back. But the overflow of that will also bump into you and it will hurt you. And as I get healed up, it does the opposite. I'm, I'm just going to ask Maple to join us this in this conversation this morning, as I think her story, particularly during parts of what's been happening in lockdown, will help explain what I mean by this, that God heals. So let's just invite Maple to join us. Maple, delighted you could join us this morning. For those that don't know you, you lead a small group with King. You're heavily involved. You've done 5-1. You did 4-1. Our discipleship years, um, you've been heavily involved just in develop some of the prophecy stuff that we're doing, particularly in this time that's really growing and thriving and delight that you could join us this morning to chat. I want to be speaking around how God heals and that to be healthy, we've got to be liberated from some old wounds. And when we were chatting on Monday, you shared some stuff with me that I was like, if you would be happy to share that more widely with the church, I think this is such an apt little story to share. So if that's okay, would you mind just sharing it with us?
0: Yeah, sure. So hello, everybody. And uh, thanks for having me. Um, I'll give you a bit of a background. Um, I'm from Hong Kong. I was born there. And um, when I was young, my parents were divorced And then I moved here with my mom to the UK at the age of 15. Um, I left home to come to Manchester to study, actually, um, around 17. Um, But within a a very quick year, my mom caught an illness and died unexpectedly. So I think from that time, having to have to move country, um, learning a new language, and then mom passing away, Um, at that age being a teenager I've not had the emotional intelligence to to mourn to to how to handle myself to be independent and just a bit of a mess Mm -hmm. and then so I kind of had to build an armor around myself I just remember vividly um I think it was the next day after Mum passed away. I, I went back straight back to school because I couldn't handle the situation. And remember being in the courtyard and looking at people playing football and then just thinking that looking around and thought, wow, I, I, I didn't feel I, I belonged to the the space at all. It was like I was looking from um, from an outsider point of view and then I thought, wow, how How dare you all carry on, just just carry on when I'm when I've just lost my Mm mum. But at that point I just thought, gosh, life goes on. And Mm -hmm. that's just the way it is. And no matter what happens in your life, it just goes on. So I had to put up put up a front and then shoved all the emotion down. And then just just carried on as as best as I, I knew how as a as a teenager. But I think during this time not just during this time in the past few years, God has been slowly sort of almost like peeling an onion, like layer by layer, but especially during this time when everybody couldn't see their family. Um, And I didn't have a lot of problem because I didn't have, really have a Mm. family. And then everyone was not coping. And I just couldn't quite understand I just didn't have the compassion for them. And then I, I had to look deep into my heart what was the problem and I had to chat to God and then I realized, oh, it was because I was in pain for a long time and I had to shove it down and, and just had to deal with that really and, and give it back to God and almost just an acknowledgement of, yeah, it's okay to to just feel like a teenager again at times, to just feel that pain come up and just to say, yeah you 've done well and mm. but it it wasn 't right for you to to handle all that by yourself and and is is okay for the emotion to come back up yeah
1: amazing maple thank you for your honesty and openness and I, yeah amazing really the, the just during this particularly during lockdown the the Lord has just made you aware of a, of a wound that 's been there and your now seeking to helpfully walk that through and to work out how best to allow him to free you and heal you. And, um, it's amazing. That's mm. the business the Lord is in is that he heals us and frees us. Mm,
0: definitely. But I think he does it. He's so kind. He, he does it so gently that it's, yeah, it's just amazing. He doesn't sort of go like us when we judge people and we go, Oh, that's your problem and smash you down. But he never does that.
1: He's so yeah. gentle. Yeah, he is. I, I just as well just want to affirm you and King, I think the way you pour into seeking more of Jesus and the way that overflows in your lives and the lives of your children and therefore others is a is a remarkable thing. And we're, we're blessed to have you as part of us and, and the, the, the gifts and the, the, the creativity and the passion for Jesus that you bring to us. So thank you so much for joining us this morning and being so honest. I trust that is a real blessing to us as a church to hear that as a as a story as well.
0: Mm, thanks for having me.
1: Wonderful. Thanks, Mabel. That's so powerful, hey? You know, talking about putting up a front and shoving down the emotions, I think so many of us would resonate with that, we do that so often, but the encouragement and the need to look deeper into our hearts and to seek change and to seek transformation, because He heals my sins, so He forgives my sins and He heals, He heals my diseases, He heals us when we let him and when we let him in and allow him to do it. God pardons us, God heals us. The third one, God redeems us verse 4 he redeems me from death you know we see i believe as we come into the fullness of all that god has for us we see our abilities and our personalities redeemed I, i believe that colossians 3 3 for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with christ in god romans 6 4 for we died and we were buried with christ in baptism and just as christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father now we almost Now we also, sorry, may live new lives. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. We're united with Jesus in his resurrection life. We have unbroken fellowship with God and freedom from sins hold on us. What phenomenal truth. It says we also may live new lives as a result of that. You know, and it's time that I believe that we realize it and that we live it out because we're a redeemed people. Some of you need to know that. You need to know that you're redeemed. You're liberated. You need to know that you've been released and transferred, that you've been freed and you've been delivered. There's, there's a truth that needs to land on us that will free us for all that he has for us in knowing that. You are redeemed because God pardons, he heals, and he redeems. The fourth one, God crowns. Verse four says, and crowns me with love and tender mercies we are crowned we're crowned with gifts and we're crowned with a place to serve you know when we see it when we take it that's a remarkable moment and I I just want to ask you I guess my question for you today is do you see it will you see it and will you take it and step into it I'm I'm not saying that's that's just for me I'm saying that's for you we are we are crowned. The love and the tender mercies of God are upon you as you become more like him and as you align with his will. Honestly, I I know this season and this time has been so hard for many, but honestly, the Lord is doing something and he's doing something quite remarkable. You know, we set out on this journey as a church to do something about child poverty I remember just the earlier stages even of that dream percolating among us. We've, we've often said we don't care who gets, you know, if you don't care who gets the credit, the kingdom of God can extend much further and much faster. Wasn't it amazing to see what Marcus Rashford did with, with some of this child poverty stuff and he stirred something. Well, this last week I was on a, call with over a 100 other church leaders in Manchester, chatting with the Mayor of Manchester, Andy Burnham. And we spent some time talking about child poverty. And he again agreed, as he has done through Manchester Citizens that we're part of, that no child in this city should go hungry. And he said he believed in the days ahead, post this pandemic and even leading through it, the greatest way the church could serve the city would be to feed children. You know, what was what was really fascinating for me was that the output of the conversation that we all had was that he agreed to help build a framework and a structure for all of the churches in this city that wanted to to become a delivery vehicle to help coordinate the eradication of child poverty in this city. What remarkable times we live in. You know, three months ago, if you'd have told me that we would have such favour I'm I'm not sure in the human I could have foreseen it. The spirit of God is brooding over us. And now is the time to rise up, to be crowned for all that he has for us. You know, you're you're not in this city and you're not in this church by chance or to spectate. I think the enemy loves for us to, to make us feel that, to feel like you have nothing to bring. You don't know how to bring it. You know, how will that look? What would that be? That you would feel let down, that at times you would feel frustrated. That's kind of what the enemy does. But you are crowned. Do you hear that? Do you receive that this morning? You are crowned. You have gifts and you have talents to bring. You are a crucial, vital part of the body. Being crowned comes from the growing intimacy with Jesus and the overflow of the tender love and mercies that the Father produces in us and your realization of the need to step into it. We have to be prepared for what is coming. You know, poverty is reduced in society when the kingdom of God flourishes. Part of the kingdom of God flourishing is you knowing and you realizing, and actually you've been crowned, the compassionate overflow of the love and the tender mercies of God sitting on you, resting on you, filling you with fresh and new in this time and this season. Do you see what he's bestowed on you? For you to then be able to give it away, because the more we give it away, the more we get. The more we give of him, the more we get of him. You are crowned. I believe that and I pray that you would receive it today. It's easier for the crown to come on you, to rest on you and to sit on you when you know that you're pardoned from that place that you then can be healed. And then when you know that you're redeemed, because God pardons, he heals, he redeems, he crowns. That's what he does. That's the business that he's in. And then finally, I wanted to mention that God satisfies. Verse 5 says, he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. We find satisfaction and we find fulfillment as we live out all that God has for us. That's the place that we find it. It's by stepping into it, realizing it, and then living it. We don't just want to know it. We want to do it. What doesn't satisfy or fulfill us is doing and being and living out what he doesn't have for us. I'm praying right now, even this morning for some of you, that he would put a hook in your heart for it to be him and him alone and that you would step into that place. We can become discouraged and fearful when we face the inevitable hardships, when we face resistant people, hostile people, You know that all of the frustrations that come. Honestly, all of that is just part of the enemy's territory but the Holy Spirit calls you to serve God and in Him and through Him renew your mind and your strength and be reminded of the true and the eternal value of all that you give your heart to, your time to and your energy to. You know, do you, do you feel disappointed? Do you feel um, unsatisfied, set back, lacking hope? Do you feel in this time things are fluctuating? Do you feel downcast, without purpose? Do you feel lonely, isolated, worried, bruised? Regardless of this time, do you feel any of them? Do you feel others as well? Whatever you're feeling, however you are feeling, I just want to remind us that it is God and God alone that satisfies, that renews, that refreshes. We find it in him and him alone. Nothing else and no one else can do that or be that for us. A hundred percent, don't get me wrong, we need the nucleus of people around us, encouraging us and cheering us on. But ultimately the rock on which we stand, the foundation that doesn't move, the only place that fills us with what we need, but also gives us more than we need, it gives us overflow and enough to pour into others and to fully satisfy, is Him. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. We are satisfied in him and him alone. Would you fall to your knees today and let him pardon you? Would you allow him to heal you? Would you stand in the truth and the knowledge that you're redeemed? Would you take on the crown? And let the overflow of that be love and mercy coming upon you and then something that you can pour out into others. And would you find the only place of fulfillment and satisfaction to be him and him alone? And as we do, he calls us forth and we can step into all that he has for us as we seek to rise up and to step into it. I pray that's helpful for you this morning as we reflect on Psalm 103 in that way. But let me let me just pray for us. Should we do that? Should we pray together this morning?
0: Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Thank you